Hey, Cabo. This is uh, Ifa Shaliwa, Born Divine, and we're here with Awo Falakun. Uh, this is one of our first uh, recordings that we're releasing out to the public. And um, Awo Falakun is on the line, and today we're going to be talking about Ori, Iponri, the connections, and everything else that Awo Falakun cares to share about Ori. Uh, Baba, are you there? I'm here. Uh, I've been fighting for the opportunity. I want to thank you. Uh, uh, Baba Ifa Shaliwa for his uh, continued support and his great uh, knowledge of the, the technical end of being able to teach uh, through this medium. Uh, I'm grateful. I say. Uh, and I would like to start before we actually talk about it. I, you know, I, I really firmly believe that my role as an awo is to preserve and articulate the wisdom of the ancestors. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about without their amazing um, insights into the nature of reality and the nature, and in this case, Lori, the nature of consciousness. I think their insights uh, are profound. I think they're sophisticated, and I think they predate almost any effort to understand these things in the Western world. So I want to thank them by beginning with an Ariki to the ancestors. A gungun kiki, a gungun, a gungikura, a wanteya, wokwo, a pokwe, o dasalbukunle, wo, a gungedi, a bafatori nale, a gungashede. And what I essentially said there is I'm thanking the medium of the ancestors for, for preserving the wisdom of the ancestors. And I asked the ancestors in really coded symbolic language to lay their mat on the earth and to spread their wisdom and their message of it literally says the message of love on earth uh, and that is certainly something that uh, I hope we can uh, receive that blessing today in this process I say so we're going to start off with Ori yes well let's, let's just start you know almost all the work I do is heavily rooted in linguistics or making sure that we understand define the terminology. I learned in, uh, early on in my study of Ifa that Yorubas uh, mean what they say and say what they mean. And the more you understand the language, the more you have insight into the really the depth of the wisdom that's being preserved in this uh, tradition. So the war, word Ori is frequently uh, translated to mean head. But I think it would be more precise to translate the word Ori as consciousness. And I want to be very clear in my definition of consciousness. Unlike the Western world, consciousness not, is not limited to the human brain or personal experience. Really a portal to both self-understanding and understanding the world. And that um, that portal is able to allow us to engage in dialogue literally with forces of nature who can give us information that, that transcends our own personal life experience. Ifa teaches that everything from an atom to a star and everything in between has ori or consciousness. And, you know, the interesting thing is I would say in the last 20 years, maybe 30 years, science, especially quantum physics, has come to understand that consciousness is is truly embedded into atoms because the uh, big uh, cyclotron is called a CERN uh, a cyclotron in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially what it does is it has two atoms bump into each other. And if it was purely uh, a mechanistic universe, 
the way they collided would always uh, result in the same uh, reaction. And what uh, cyclotrons uh, show is, is that atoms react in a wide range of reactions. They have um, an arc of reactions. And that the reaction that manifests is clearly a expression of the choice of the atom itself, which is, uh, from a purely scientific point of view, anything that has choice has consciousness. So at the very fundamental levels of creation, we are seeing that RE is a part of uh, everything around us. And so that um, if we look at the IFA idea that uh, the spiritual discipline of IFA is based on Iwapali, or the development of what's sometimes um, mistranslated, I believe, is good character. Iwa Opali is the elision, means I come to greet the earth, saying you come to greet the earth, is saying that you come to live in alignment with the earth. And, and and there's no way to live in alignment with the earth without learning those uh, skills that have been preserved by the ancestors that allow us to communicate with nature itself. I mean, that's really key. I think one of the strongest gifts of Yoruba culture to the world is a riki, or the ability to invoke really specific forms of consciousness within the environment around us that then give us direct and immediate insight in how to live in the harmony of those things. Okay, so the, the first step of that is to understand the notion that Ori as consciousness is not only located in the brain function of our head, but is located in what Yorba's call Iwaju. Uh, which, you know, there's no real English word for that, but the Hindu word for that would be chakra. In other words, it's different power centers in our body where we can communicate with the different forces of nature that Ifa calls Arisha. So that uh, the word Iwaju means I come to face a thing. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's another way of saying, you know, our character type. So that if we look at the world through our heart, which I do as the son of Ogun, and that's my Iwaju thing I come to face the world with, and that I am able to connect that power center in my body with similar uh, manifestations of what Ifa calls Odu or energy patterns that carry that same energy. And so it's uh, through the Iwaju that our Ori becomes informed by the basic spiritual influences that mm, shape our life in this incarnation and the, and the thing that's it's an important distinction to make i think the the uh iwaju are receptors of ashe or spiritual power that comes directly from the earth there is in ifa the concept of iponri which is a little hard to translate but it, it literally means the consciousness of my big toe which uh you know at first glance makes no sense but the big toe is the place where Ifa teaches that we connect with the wisdom and knowledge, memory, and really dialogue with our ancestors. And the ancestors, certainly in traditional Ifa, maybe less so a little bit with the Esther, but in traditional Ifa, the ancestors are avatars for Arisha forces in nature. So Iponri, the higher self, is uh, really rooted in our feet and our connection to the earth. So that when we do ritual, we invoke Eshu, to open the door to that communication, we invoke Ogun to remove the obstacles to that communication, and then we invoke the thing that's going to connect with the chakra in our body or the water in our body that we want to 
dialogue with to get the information we need to resolve a particular problem. Now, I have a, I, I, yeah. if I can cut you off just for one second, I have a question about Iwaju on the physical head, just so everyone else can understand. Is Iwaju anywhere specifically on the physical head? Well, yeah, listen, that's, let's, let's go through that then. Iwaju is actually a word that has two meanings. The chakras are the Iwaju of the body as described. And Ifa is the thing that's commonly used when we're doing a rotation. You clean the top of the head, Ori, that's a portal for Obatala. Iwaju times called, uh, no, Iwaju is the forehead or okay. the third eye. That's typically a connection with uh, Ochosi or Eshu. Mm-hmm. The back of the neck, Eshupako, which is frequently mispronounced in the diaspora, but Eshupako means uh, Eshu cuts off my head. It's a reference to the idea that if your head and heart are not in alignment, you can't reach your Iponri. And that's something I'm going to get into in a second. But uh, let's just continue with the chakras in the body of the Iwaju. So is Iburu, uh, which is for Yemaya, heart, Okan. The uh, Oshun and the Oyano. Uh, Shango, uh, with Shango being the uh, root chakra um, uh, at the base of the pelvis. So each of those chakras, uh, or Iwaju, is a link to spirits that we connect to in the earth uh, through the uh, mediation of our ancestors. So, and, and, and specifically, in the way that works is, if you want to get in touch with Shango, the spirit of fire, and fire is a real phenomenon in the world, a process of accessing that energy is by going through uh, our connection to those ancestors who were priests of Shango. It's fairly uh, logical when you think about it. And then from that priestly ancestral connection, then we can go into a dimension of reality that is actually beyond possession. Possession is called uh, Ogun in uh, Yorba. It's a state of consciousness where you understand what you're seeing and you speak to the community. but And that usually comes with the foundation of connection to ancestors. When we move beyond that, we move into an altered state called Lai-Lai, which uh, is essentially a visionary experience where the medium doesn't speak to the community. Sometimes the uh, medium looks like they're comatose, but in the Lai-Lai experience, we're communicating with nature directly in the form of visions, which then we remember and share as we come back to a normal state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So the what I wanted to do was, and so each of those Awaju represents an Orisha, and it's important to understand, too, that some Orisha represent the combination of openings of uh, Iwaju. It's not just a singular component to uh, the various connections to spirit we have in the world. But fundamentally, our connection to the spirit of Ela, meaning from the Elysian Ela, meaning I am the light, which is the spirit of Arunu or the spirit of Ifa, that connection opens all of our Iwaju at the same time, which is mm-hmm. a profoundly different experience, I think, in my in my experience, than just being possessed by a single Orisha. And it's the uh, ability to open all the chakras at once that gives us the ofoche or the power of the word to literally uh, heal the sick. And I would say when the ofoche of the spirit of uh, Ela is used in a communal context, it has the power to literally transform and change physical reality, which mm. is the great 
keep it as a mystery as you found, in my opinion. But there's, there's an important thing to notice that in, in, in Orisha initiation, we invoke Eshuogun and then the Orisha to unlock our connection to the earth. But when we invoke Ela, we invoke Ela, excuse me, we invoke Ori, then Ela, then Ogun, and then Eshu. And by reversing that order, we then seat the ashe of Ela, which is from Orun, or we could say heaven, or from the sky, or from above. We root that uh, ashe to the earth, and it's the, it's the link between the ashe moving up and the ashe moving down that completes the circuit that really gives us our sense of who we are. Completing that circuit and having a sense of who we are is our task in terms of discovering our des- destiny and developing good character, but it's not necessarily a function of initiation. Initiation gives us permission to function as priests in the community, but connecting to spirit is a birthright that we all have, that we all should own, and that we all can pursue in our own way. Not always easy and not always smart to do that, but it's certainly uh, an option. And, and, you know, the history of mysticism throughout the world is filled with literature about people that make spontaneous connection to spirit. And I think that spontaneous connection to spirit, which is a foundation really of the creation of most religions in the world, including our own, when Arunula connected to Ela without the initiation because he was the first initiator. So uh, we need to not lose sight of the fact that connection to spirit is a gift from spirit and not always, and that as humans, when we do initiation, we are making kind of a, I would say, a well-intended, weak effort to uh, emulate the power of, of the immortals to spontaneously elevate our spirit from a so I'm, I'm just thinking if we have somewhat of a novice someone just getting into e5 right. and, they're, and they're trying to understand ori i know one of the big things in the community is Egun. uh could you elaborate a little more on the connection between ori and Egun? Sure, absolutely. But let's do that. We need to, I think, first, as a setup for that, explore the issue of uh, Ori a little more deeply. And then, we, then once we've done that, the connection to, uh, to Egu, I think, becomes obvious. We have a um, an oral scripture, which in the last 50 years is starting to be written down, called Odu Ifa. And that oral scripture is the basis for a system of divination, which is a problem-solving system. Mm-hmm. Now, to understand Ori, the first thing I think that's important to do, understand is that divination system is about solving problems. And solving problems is about spirit giving you what you need, not necessarily what you want. If you think it's a magical system that will just get you anything you want, you are profoundly missing the point. Every mm-hmm. single verse of uh, Odu Ifa is about bringing a lesson to the Ori so the Ori can come to an understanding of who it is and how it's connected to the rest of the universe. That's the point of every single verse. There is no exception to that. So as we do divination, the verses of the scripture are bringing us a lesson. And if we learn the lesson, we receive a blessing as a consequence of uh, living more closely in attunement with those around us, which is then gives us the ability to experience good fortune, good health, the blessing of uh, children and family. 
So those, the fundamental paradigm of that process is, is that in order to understand the lesson in any given verse, we need to put our ori and our ori inu in perfect alignment. The ori inu means the inner self. In psychological terms, the ori and the ori inu is the polarity between conscious thoughts and our emotional reaction to those thoughts. The ancient Yoruba ancestors understood something that uh, only recently in psychology was articulated by uh, Carl Jung, who said every thought has a feeling tone that accompanies it. So every thing we think has an emotional component to it. Now, the, the, the problem with self-understanding is that we don't always acknowledge or understand that emotional component, and we don't understand how the conflict between what we think and what we feel blocks our good fortune. Hmm. So that uh, the, the reason why, the fundamental reason why our head and heart is not in alignment is because we are holding on to a fear that does not serve the expansion of consciousness. So anytime we have an unresolved fear of whatever, that fear becomes then our ultimate concern in the sense that we put all our consciousness into the idea of not allowing the thing that we're afraid of to hurt us in any way. So mm -hmm. to, give the, to give the easiest example of that, if you're living in fear of uh, self-understanding uh, and resolving internal conflicts, you're going to always blame someone else for every single problem you have. Right. And, so, <laughs> and we won't mention any politicians that seem to do that, but uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an epidemic phenomenon, right? Right. If our teachers that we have no victims, we have no martyrs, and we, uh, and we take full responsibility for everything we do, okay? So it's important to understand what I'm saying there. I am not saying that there's no such thing as racism, sexism, and homophobia. What I am saying is that our ORI has a choice about how we're going to deal with those unfair social pressures in the world. We can choose to deal with it in a number of different ways. And our choice of how we deal with it then defines who we are and more fundamentally defines what world we live in, okay? Mm -hmm. I had a, I, um, this is a little personal maybe, but I had a, a, a relative who only was comfortable hanging around with Norwegian women in their 60s, okay? So, I mean, that's okay. Norwegian women in their 60s are nice enough. But that's a very small world to live in, is my point. You know? So the whole point of Odu Ifa is to get us in the place where we live in the whole world, that we're comfortable with everyone, that we have no fear of anyone, and that we're taking full responsibility for our destiny. So that's not an easy place to get to. You know, I'm 70 years old, and I'm still struggling with uh, trying to be there more frequently, let's say. I mean, I've experienced it. Periodically, we call those. Uh, I would call being being able to hold your your ori in the world without fear is really a place of divine uh, grace and blessing, and it's really apparent happening because it's an energetic state of being. And Odu Ifa is pushing us to to live in that place all the time. I mean, that's what the uh, that's what Rumida did. That's what Nelson Mandela does. I did. I think. And with all the great spiritual teachers of history are able to hold that place of integrity without fear. 
So uh, the the rituals in in Odu Ifa are about cleaning away the negative consequences of holding on to fear, right? Uh, we believe that thoughts have taken up space in the world. So if you're blaming everybody for your problems, all that made-up reality is clinging to you like a, 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 a dirty T-shirt, you know? And so some of the cleanings we do are to break free of that, the bondage created by those negative thoughts, and then once we've got a clean slate of the ori or in the ori, then we can uh, do the oriki ure from the odu, which brings into our consciousness the lesson that it is we need to learn to mm, diminish our fear and to put our head and heart in alignment. So uh, once our head and heart come into alignment, that literally creates what... Uh, Odu Ifa calls the crossroads. Eshu doesn't live in the street. Eshu lives in our body at the place where the head connects the uh, to the shoulders. That's the crossroads. The spine is one road. The shoulders is the other road. And at that crossroads, when Eshu has brought us the lesson and when we've internalized it, then we experience the joy of having the head and heart in alignment, okay? So um, we also believe in the idea of reincarnation, the idea that consciousness is neither created nor destroyed. That's an ancient, ancient uh, idea. You know, that consciousness comes from a single source and infuses everything, and it doesn't die. It's simply transformed. You know, when, when Einstein uh, repeated that ancient idea, they gave him a Nobel Prize. But I'm saying that that was known to the Yorbas before recorded history. So that uh, um, the Yorvis the also teach that consciousness can form what I would, you know, what they call it, egg-bay, invisible pockets of um, shared consciousness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In other words, every ancestor who's ever lived, their consciousness at the time of uh, transition connects with the consciousness of all other uh, um, ancestors who ever lived. And that when we're born... We take a fragment of that consciousness with us to the earth. But our ancestors, death is not a cure for stupid. In other words, in other words, when when our when our when our ancestors transition, they carry with them the unresolved spiritual challenges of their generation. So mm-hmm. our ancestors want to fix stuff so that they will be elevated in heaven. The end of the verses always say. Oh, you received the blessing the ancestors are dancing in heaven. Yes, they're rejoicing in the elevation of the entire cosmos at that point. So that, uh, and I think it's one of the things is so profoundly neglected in uh, in uh, Western culture. You know, we look at the problem with police violence against African Americans. That's so clearly an unresolved ancestral issue that it's actually painful that. So few people seem to get it. And, you know, when, when law enforcement first started, there were marshals and sheriffs who did the bidding of the judge. Police departments is a different thing. And police departments emerged out of the whole institution of slave catching. So that from day one, there was a racial component to the whole law and order mentality. I think due to the unwillingness of Western culture to really directly address, look in the eye, admit to the uh, sin of slavery and to make efforts to atone for that, 
what happens instead is there's a conflict between Ori and Ori Nu. When, when, when a consciousness cannot accept the problem, it denies it or projects it onto others. So we're experiencing that on a hugely and deeply communal level. One of the most encouraging things that's happened to me in the last few years is I've done, gone to a number of initiations where African-American police officers were initiated with African-American. And it uh, uh, didn't solve anything, but it was step one in moving in that direction, you understand? And then once that kind of cultural challenges are kind of addressed and dealt with, so that there's a united front in terms of uh, addressing the issue, then it can become more multicultural in its solution. I think Black Lives Matter is one of the most hopeful things that's happened in my lifetime. And I'm proud to say that some of my almost the students were involved in the initial setting up and planning of that whole institution. And, and, and for me, personally, as someone who defended the Black Panthers in the 60s, it's almost like revisiting the same issues. And that's what happens. If you don't fix it, it just comes back, you know. If you've right. got a broken uh, carburetor, you can replace the muffler 50 times and you still got a broken carburetor. And that's kind of how we're, EFOX calls that uh, staying stuck in your EB, EB or being a reference to uh, the placenta. You know, uh, it, when you're in the womb, the placenta gives you life. But once you're born, the placenta becomes toxic. So ED is simply letting go of something that no longer serves you. And in terms of the spiritual journey of aligning the Ori with the Ori you know, the thing you need to look go of is ideas that cause fear and don't work. Ideas that create a barrier between me and you and between me and the other. The great rab rabbi... Uh, Martin Buber called that uh, the difference between an I-it relationship and an I-thou relationship. Now, as humans, on a spiritual path, you know, we're, we're, we're spiritual beings having a uh, human experience, and our real goal as spiritual beings is to acknowledge that in each other or relating to each other in an I-thou uh, frame of reference rather than uh, an I-it frame of reference. Because once we go into an I-it way of looking at the world, then we denigrate others, we criticize them, we gossip, we get jealous. We experience all kinds of fear-based emotions that do not serve the process of aligning ourselves with nature and our own higher destiny. Did that answer your question? That was a lot of words, sorry. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, the other thing is, uh, I think, and, and we can go over it or not, but uh, the, the yogas were really, really sophisticated in terms of analyzing many of the other com components of Ori that really shape who we are and how we understand ourselves. You know, the uh, uh, the concept of Vipaco, which I said uh, is the back of the neck, balancing the uh, head and the neck. The fact, you know, another thing that they did too is that they really recognized the, the reality of Ori as a family concept. I've, mm -hmm. I've had the experience of going to places and setting up EFAR communities initiating people, having the whole community come together. And I have seen visually the Ori of that group descend from Orun, land on people, and connect them in a way that uh, is really the, the most blessed thing that we can do as humans. And, and, and once the Ori of a community is seated, 
it's my experience that people then tune into each other. We know when someone is suffering in the community. We know when someone is suffering in the family, and we can go to them and take preemptive measures to deal with it. We also then have the power of communal prayer. You know, when you and I pray, it's it's not twice as good, it's three times as good. But when 16 people come together to pray, it's hundreds of times stronger, and it literally has the ability to transform physical reality. The big secret of Ifa that the few who control the many don't want you to know and don't want you to learn, and the reason why our faith becomes is uh, uh, such is attacked so frequently is that we understand the concept that reality is a joint venture between humans and the creator. In other words, we are co-creating reality in every moment of our existence. And we can create that to be a uh, exhilarating, fun, and joyous environment, or we can uh, create it to be a source of doom, gloom, and warfare, you know? And mm, it's simply mm. a matter of choice. And we can infuse that choice with uh, tremendous vision and tremendous possibilities. Uh, and, and this may be going totally down the rabbit hole, but I truly believe that the great stone temples of the earth were not built, at least inspired by spirit, as a terraforming process. Those temples literally created the earth as a consequence of the alignment between human consciousness and the consciousness of the immortals. Mm-hmm. Now, it gets tricky because the, the altered states that we're blessed to um, understand as a result of Ifa put us into a different dimension in which we encounter a lot of things. We encounter Orisha, we encounter immortal spirits, we encounter the consciousness of the planets and stars themselves, we encounter uh, ancestral spirits, and, and this is an important and, and we encounter the physical manifestation of conscious entities from other planets who know how to physically negotiate that dimension. And uh, because we're not particularly sophisticated at understanding that dimension at this point in uh, in the life of uh, Western consciousness, a lot of that stuff gets confused. But it's my experience that uh, certainly some of the elders in traditional yoga culture still have a good sense of those differences and that they preserve it and teach it. In fact, some of those different spiritual forms that we uh, encounter in the invisible realm have been permanently immortalized in the statues at the Ashoba Shrine in uh, uh, Furoshun mm-hmm. in Nigeria. And if you look at those statues, those are different things that are being represented. Different spiritual forms of consciousness that uh, exist uh, in the universe. And part of the job of living in alignment with the nature is understanding those otherwise invisible influences. You know, the human eye only sees a fraction of 1% of what's going on around us in a given moment. Part of the process of initiation and spiritual growth is opening up our visual perception. That's the whole meaning of the Egyptian uh, uh, tradition of the mystic eye. And so that um, as we put our heart and head in more alignment and deal less with fear-based consciousness, unless we're trying to restrict to who we are and where we live and who we trust and more about really being in the world, 
the more we do that because of the way we were wired by the creator, the more we do that, the more we see the things that are happening around us and the more we can interact with that. And the truly effective ritual is changing the consequences of our actions in the invisible realm, which then automatically shifts things here on Earth. So we are going on, we got about 15 more minutes. Do you want to get into any practical things about Ori? Yeah, let's talk about Abori. Uh, in the diaspora, there's a thing called a location, which is Spanish for change, I think. But the uh, the the traditional Ifa equivalent of that is called Abori from the Elysian A Ebo Ori, meaning I make an offering to my head. Abori is an abode that can be done with virtually every Odu in Odu Ifa. It's a way of cleaning away negativity in the consciousness and invoking into the consciousness uh, the lesson that needs to be learned. Uh, so essentially with Abori, we mark the three Odus that uh, incarnate consciousness. And those would be Ofun, Meji Ofun, Ogbe, and Ije Ogbe. So if you look at the metaphysical principles there, Ofun Meji means a blessing from uh, the source of creation, or a blessing from Oluguma. And consciousness is that blessing, all right? So Ofun Ogbe means the blessing of consciousness manifest in the universe, and Ije Ogbe means the blessing of consciousness from the creator uh, manifest in the destiny of the individual person who's uh, come to uh, have their head elevated. And then and those those odus are usually marked on the top of the tray from right to left. And then underneath them, on a separate line, is typically the odu that comes in the divination that solves a particular issue that the uh, client is dealing with. So uh, you would mark those odus, then you would put the ifa tray on the client's head while the client's seated, and then you stand behind them lean forward and speak into the tray so that the ashe from Ela comes from from Orun to your Ori, out your mouth and into the tray and through the filter of the marks of Odu, which are symbolic uh, representations of patterns of energy that resonate with consciousness. When you, um, and then if frequently I'll put a piece of silver in that little notch in the, uh, in the cut under the tray. Not all trays have it, but, uh, piece of silver. Silver is the metallic correspondence with the Elar, the spirit of light, and it simply enhances the uh, the effect of the Ariki for Ori. So you would stand above the client and speak into the tray and then, you know, do any of the Ariki on Ori. There's a number of them in uh, my book on Ori. And you couple the Ariki for Ori, which literally invokes consciousness, with the uh, Oriki for good fortune that comes in the uh, Odu itself. Now, the Oriki for good fortune are generally uh, coded into the Odu, so there's a number of ways that you find them. The most obvious is when the verse says, he said, they said, or they sang, colon, quotes, and then there's maybe five lines of what is clearly an invocation for good fortune. That's the thing that you add to the Oriki array for the uh, Abori. Some some verses, the Auriki Ure is not that clear, so you need to kind of read the English and find the words that feel like a blessing. You can use those. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can read the whole verse minus the description of the offering, and you need to consider the fact that all, uh, all the verses, most of the verses, 
the name of the diviner is the invocation for good fortune. So repeating the name of the diviner three times is also an effective elevation in the context of abori. And so then you uh, close the odu, you rub the eorosum from between their eyes to the back of the neck. When you get to the back of the neck, you press the back of the neck. The epako, the place where eshu potentially disrupts our consciousness of uh, the alignment between ori and ori nu, and you say ide, 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 and you have the person in yes, the uh, odu. This is an important concept in Ifa because Ifa is not simply about understanding the lesson. It's about feeling the transformation. When odus are taught in traditional Yoruba culture, the teacher will read a verse, he'll explain the meaning of the uh, symbolism in the verse, but then he'll mark the odu on a tray and he'll chant the odu or sing it or sing his heart song giving the uh, the words of power added ashe, and then the student will ingest the odu so that they can have an experience of the emotional component or the ori inu of the verse itself. So that, for example, once you've gone through that process of training and you can feel the emotional uh, feeling tone or orinu of each odu, when you're casting ifa with the ikin, when you're about halfway through your manipulation of the uh, palm nut, the odu will enter the room and you can feel it. You know what the rest of the marks uh, uh, can do. It's uh, amazing how uh, in sync that can become. And, uh, how transformative that feels. So that really, when the, and the other thing that's important to understand is that when you're doing the abori, it's the job of the awo to emphasize with the pain and confusion of the client. If we can't mm -hmm. emphasize, we can't fix it. So in the state of empathy with whatever they're going through, our invocation of the elevation, if we're seated in a la, we will manifest the transformation through Odu that is required to resolve the problem for the client and that the real power of the Ebo or any Ebo is the client experiencing the emotional elevation that occurs from moving from the problem to a place of peace. And mm -hmm. it's up to the Awo to model that transformation by actually going through the journey themselves. Quick question. Is there any limitation on who can do an abori? Can this be done for self? You know, just just for the community. That's a good question. Listen, there's uh, my answer is probably going to be a little controversial, but we need to to look at this from practical terms. I can initiate you into the mysteries of Ogun as an elder in my Ile, and I can say that as a result of this initiation, you have my permission to be a blacksmith. And I do that because we've agreed that that's culturally how we're going to organize our extended family. And in the process of doing that, I give you the tools, hopefully, to be a responsible blacksmith, and everybody understands that, and it keeps culture healthy and surviving from generation to generation. Two things I can't do as a priest, anybody who says they can is not paying attention. I was going to say something harsher, but let's just say two things that you can't do is give a person their ancestors and give a person their ori. Those are birthrights. For me to tell you how, when, and where you should speak to your ancestors is beyond ludicrous. And I don't think, and I think communication with the ancestors is open to everyone all the time in whatever form they're comfortable. 
the same thing is true of the RE. I mean, that's our birthright. We were born with it. It's what it's how we see the world, you know. So we certainly can invoke our own RE. We certainly bless our own head. We can certainly uh, work with the tools associated with RE to find a better way to get through the day. And having said that, any problem we solve in our life becomes medicine for someone else. If you're an alcoholic and you want to bless your own head to solve your uh, alcoholism, I guarantee it won't work. The, the 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 process of breaking addiction comes from communal support. So and, and in particular, it comes from the support of someone who's broken their own addiction with communal support. So you become part of a legacy in that sense. So if I am able to identify your problem and then elevate that problem, that's going to be an effective cleaning for you. Mm-hmm. If you were able to move towards the solution, you wouldn't have the problem in the first place. Right. So uh, the, the the issue of the role and function of elders becomes uh, important, but it becomes an issue of trust. You know, just because you've been initiated doesn't make you an elder, and it certainly does not make you worthy of trust. And not everybody has the medicine to fix every problem. As Nawal, it's your obligation in your community to know who has what medicine for what problem and to refer the client to that person. The notion that an Awol can fix everything is, is arrogant, absurd, and just not real. So, uh, um, I don't know, did I answer your question? You want to know if people can clean their own heads? Was that the question? Yes, and you, you did answer yeah. the question. So, yeah. yeah. And so, moving yeah. along, only because we're short on time, okay. could you na- name a few things of a more simple, you know, not so complex, but simple things that people can do to clean their ori to... Right. Um, the, absolutely. That's a great question. In, in the course of the day, if I feel mm, uncentered, let's say, I will take three fingers, doesn't matter, I think it probably should be the left hand, three fingers, the, the your little finger and the next two fingers, but not the index finger and the thumb, take the last three fingers of your hand and rub them from between your eyebrows to the back of your neck uh, while you say the Ariki for Ari. But you don't even need to say the uh, Ariki. If you just say Ari so me, Ari so me, Ari so me, that means spirit flows through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an invocation to to find your center and let that animate your view of the world instead of being stuck in your fear. Uh, if you'd like, I can say the entire Reiki, which if anybody's a serious student of E-File, this would be the first or second Reiki that I would really encourage them to learn because it really becomes part of your daily toolkit, both in front of your shrine and in, and in the street. All right, so you want me to read this here? Oriso me, oriso me, oriso me, oriso oriso a real tone so Mickey me a wall a wall. A real tone so Mickey. A re so mio. A re so mio. A re so mio. Alama adiki iwan. And so what that's essentially saying is, may my consciousness flow through me. Igedi means may my consciousness embrace its dental power. And then it's asking for good fortune thereafter. And uh, to me, that can then become a very, very uh, centering uh, process. Uh, And when I say centering, let's look at it this way. Inappropriate emotions do not allow us to think clearly. Uh, There's uh, Ifa teaches that anger is always a message from God, or Oladumai, 
pointing out to us that we have an unaddressed internal conflict. It's never about the person that makes us angry. It's about the universe pointing out that we have some personal work that we need to be done. An example of that. It's a little personal, but I'll give it to me. I uh, uh, sometimes, there was a time when I was who made uh, a lot of money made me really angry. I wasn't mad at them. I was mad at the fact that I didn't deal well with money. But you take an opposite extreme. Uh, I really think uh, pedophilia is obviously wrong. I think people that commit it should be sent to jail and serve time. I think they should be punished. I'm not optimistic that there's a lot of cures for that particular uh, dysfunction. And it's a bad thing. But pedophiles don't make me angry because I have no inclination along those lines. Uh, and that's a subtle difference. Pedophiles make me grieve with the state of humanity. They make me disappointed in people's behavior. They make me uh, concerned about the well-being of children, but they don't make me angry. Now, that's a subtle distinction, perhaps. But true anger is really always motivated in, I mean, rooted in unresolved internal conflict. And once you resolve the conflict, the anger goes away, and then you can deal with specific issues in an effective manner. Was that a clear example? I so. Yes, it was a clear example. <laughs> So we are talking about Ori, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close, and I'm going to say that if anyone wants to know more information, they can pick up your book, Ori. They can purchase this book from egbeiwapwele.com, or they can they can go to Amazon to purchase a copy as well. Once again, the name of the book is Ori, and the, the, you being the author as well as an awo, uh, what is it, the Baba over Egbeiwapwele. Uh, I will follow Kun Fatumbi is the name on the book that you, uh, if you need the author's name, that's Baba's name. Um, just in closing, Baba, two minutes, any information you care to share, people contact you. Uh, we already stated they can contact you through the site. If we haven't, then I'm saying it now. Uh, it's on you, Baba. Well, uh, at this point in my life, I really, really feel the need to make sure people are uh, fully trained or as trained as possible. I have set up a online course which is still unfolding, which will, I hope, give people the fundamentals. Now, to take that course, you obviously need the permission of your elders, and you need to integrate that with the differences in different lineages. But I've noticed a lot of people who have been initiated, perhaps in Africa and come to America, have no access to teaching, or people who, for various reasons, are limited in their ability to study. And, you know, the, what I provide on the uh, online course is, is far from everything, far from complete. But it does give our woes, I, I believe, the fundamental tools needed to be of some service to their community. And uh, there's so much pain and suffering going on right now, so much dysfunction and so much wounding that we need to get as much information as we can to be as effective as we can as fast as possible. And I would also say that once people get those fundamentals, if they can then get together with me in person or any trained elder in person, They'll be at a place where they can really start the deep work of understanding the deeper levels of uh, Ifa that will really bring the planet to a place of salvation. And if we don't 
get those tools together soon, we're going to be looking at grim days that we could have avoided. I see. All right, Baba. So um, we're going to close out this session on Ori in advance. I would like to thank the listeners. Uh, look for more recordings from us like this. And we're out. Listen, listen, one more last thing. Tell people if they have questions on any topic that they want me to speak on in this format to post them on the Egg Bay Facebook page, and we'll do our best to answer them all. Uh, Shay? You're the best. Thank you. You're welcome. Odabo. Odabo.